1: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. Almost everyone grew up with at least one special doll or toy that acted as a cherished companion. Dolls spark imaginative adventures and foster creativity and friendship. But not all dolls give you the same joy. Sometimes, their silent gaze and frozen expressions can transform into haunting visions, triggering a realm of living horror. First, time is running out. Followed by a deadly puppet master. Finally, in our last story, Trapped in Perfect Plastic. Before we get to our stories, I wanted to thank all who have joined our Patreon over the past couple of months. We are so excited to see you all there. Also, check us out on Spotify, and please take a minute to rate and review the podcast. You can pause here and do it right now, or you can do it after you've listened It's one of the best ways you can help Something Scary continue to grow, and it only takes a minute. We are incredibly grateful for the support of all of our listeners. So, want to hear something scary? Dolls of the Dead. Sometimes it can be difficult to manage your time, but it's the one thing we know we'll all run out of eventually like in this story inspired by Nessa. The jarring sound of horrible singing startled Peyton from her deep sleep. It was her neighbor, Jessica, singing at the top of her lungs. The thin walls of their apartments provided little barrier and Peyton could hear every note with unsettling clarity. That plus her lack of sleep was beginning to drive her insane. Annoyed, she tossed her pillow at the shared wall, creating a soft thump. Glancing around, she noticed the bright sun shining through her window. Panic set in as she realized her phone was dead once again. She ran into the kitchen and looked at the clock. Her shift at the restaurant started in just 15 minutes. Frantically, Peyton threw on her clothes and rushed out the door. When she got into work, her boss, John, seemed surprised. He informed her that her shift had switched to the nighttime, starting at 6 p.m. Peyton, unaware of the change, hastily apologized for not seeing the morning text. She glanced down at her now-charged phone. She saw it pop up. John seemed concerned. If working all these shifts were too much, he didn't have to put her on the schedule. But she insisted she wanted to work whenever she could. He told her she was a nice kid but she really needed to work on her time management or it would be the death of her. She nodded and mumbled that she wouldn't be late again. Overwhelmed by her two jobs to support her college classes, Peyton decided not to risk falling asleep if she returned home. Driving aimlessly around town, she stumbled upon a garage sale. Amidst various items, she discovered an 80s-style doll named Liz that doubled as an alarm clock. Perfect, she thought. She purchased it for 8 bucks and set it for 5.15 p.m., giving her just enough time to get ready and get over for her shift. Later, Peyton awoke to her boss's irritated voice on the phone, scolding her for being late. Glancing at the Liz doll clock, she realized it was 6.04 p.m. Frustrated with the dead alarm, she attempted to fix it to no avail. That's why the piece of junk cost $8, because it barely worked. On her way out of the apartment complex, she tossed the thing into the garbage chute. After her busy shift that lasted into the night, she returned home, burnt and ready to sleep. A blaring alarm clock jolted Peyton from her sleep. She grabbed her phone, but that wasn't her alarm. Must be her neighbor, Jessica. Peyton pulled the pillow over her head tight to try to drown out the noise, but it wouldn't stop. The horrible singing transformed into a haunting melody of distress sounds that pierced through Peyton's ears, growing louder and more unbearable. The volume seemed to defy the laws of acoustics, amplifying the ghastly serenade. All she wanted to do was sleep. Overwhelmed, Peyton finally got up to see what the hell was going on. The noise led her through her apartment, down hallways, and even outside. She leaned against Jessica's door, and it wasn't coming for her apartment either. She couldn't believe that no one else was outside. It practically sounded like a car alarm. She followed the noise all the way to the garbage chute. No way, she thought. But with deranged determination, she had to find the screeching sound and make it stop. Digging through the dumpster, she finally pulled out the Liz doll. Slamming the doll against the wall, finally, it stopped. There was some peace. She tossed it back into the dumpster and climbed out. On her way back up to her apartment, the screeching started again. She ran back, grabbed the doll, smashed it over and over again on its head, this time cracking its skull. Feeling satisfied, she went back upstairs to fall asleep. She dozed off for only a moment when she heard tiny footsteps pacing outside her apartment window. Fear struck her. She ran to her front door and laying there was the doll with its skull shattered and one eyeball hanging out. Peyton missed her shift the next day at the restaurant because she was dealing with something and no one bothered to reach out to see if she was okay. It wasn't until she missed her third shift that John reached out to some of the other employees. No one had heard from her. That's when he called the police. When they arrived at her apartment for a wellness check, they walked into her living room to find Peyton laying in a pool of blood. Her skull had been repeatedly smashed in with her eye dangling from its socket. Blunt force trauma, and it looked personal, the officer noted. Then the police followed a quiet beeping noise. It led them to Peyton's bedroom. Laying in her bed was a doll, an alarm clock doll, eerily It had a similar injury as Peyton. Well, the police officer said, the alarm seems to be working. As they noted the quiet beep coming from the doll, with an alarm clock time stuck at 4.42 a.m. Ironically, also Peyton's noted time of death. Is there a shortcoming in your life that seems to plague you? Do you ever feel smothered by it? You can live out your
0: chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations.
1: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We all like to feel like we're the ones in control, but sometimes someone else is pulling the strings. And when we lose control, we're subject to utter chaos. Like in this story inspired by Paige Sugar's short story. It was my first time on stage. I wouldn't have ever dreamed of it, but once I found my puppet, it was as if it was telling me what to do, dictating my every move. I had been practicing my act for a while, but I was still pretty nervous. I've seen tons of famous comedians do puppet shows, but I didn't know if I was good enough. Once they called my name to go on stage, I hastily grabbed my puppet. I took a deep breath, to calm myself down before walking on stage. The stage lights were blinding and pointed directly at me. The audience clapped as I took my seat on a stool set in the middle of the stage. The crowd went silent. Once I had sat down, my heart was beating rapidly. I've done this thousands of times before, but never in front of an audience. I introduced myself, and then I made my puppet introduce itself to the crowd. It said, Hello there. I'm Sally Stubbs. Waving its little puppet hand, I was anxious, but it was starting off pretty smoothly. As I said my lines, my fears began to melt away. The crowd began to laugh and smile, making me feel more comfortable and confident. I continued, but when Sally turned her head to look at me, I froze. The audience didn't know it, but I didn't turn its head. The crowd also didn't know that when it turned to look at me, it broke my fingers i let out a quiet, pain groan. The room was filled with a bizarre mixture of laughter and silence. The audience seemed captivated by the puppets' antics, oblivious to the subtle horror that had just happened before their eyes. I struggled to maintain my composure, my heart pounding in my chest as I wrestled with the unexpected turn of events. In all of our practices, I did as she wanted, and she never tried to hurt me. I tried to keep the show going, attempting to make light of the puppet's disobedience. Well, looks like someone's got a mind of their own tonight. I chuckled nervously, hoping to downplay the incident. The audience chuckled along, thinking it was all a part of the act. Little did they know the unsettling truth. As I continued with the routine, the puppet's movements became increasingly erratic and off script. Its wooden limbs twitched and jerked in unnatural ways, as if it were possessed by some unseen force. My attempts to control it only made the situation worse. The laughter in the room transformed into uneasy whispers. Desperation clawed at me as I grappled with Sally, my unpredictable puppet. I tried to make it dance, make it sing, anything to distract from the crushing pain in my fingers, and the awkwardness of the routine that clearly went off the rails. But each movement was met with a jarring, puppet-like cackle that echoed through the theater. The crowd, at first amused, now shifted uncomfortably in their seats. Whispers turned into gasps as the puppet's eyes, two soulless voids carved into the wooden face, seemed to lock into the audience members one by one. The laughter that had filled the room earlier was replaced by silence. In a desperate attempt to regain control, I reached for the puppet's head, intending to turn it and break the strange spell that had taken hold. But as my fingers touched the puppet's cold, wooden surface, it seized my hand. The puppet's head snapped around violently and a sickening crunch echoed across the stage. My scream mingled with the horrified gasp of the audience as I felt my fingers grind into shards under the puppet's force. I was brought to my knees as blood oozed between the splintered bones. It only took seconds for it to drip down my wrist so the audience could see it. I recoiled in pain, the crowd now fully aware that something was dreadfully wrong erupted in panic. I stumbled backward, clutching my injured hand while the possessed puppet continued its disturbing dance with my broken hand still making it stand. Its laughter grew louder, more manic, filling the theater. The stage lights flickered, casting shadows that danced with the puppet's chaotic movements. In a haze of pain and fear, I managed to pull my pulverized hand from the puppet and flee the stage, leaving Sally to her unsettling performance. Backstage, I clutched my broken hand, my mind reeling with the nightmare that had just unfolded. As the paramedics tended to my injuries, I couldn't shake the feeling that something evil had attached itself to that puppet. And then to me, whether it was a vengeful spirit or some dark force-seeking expression, I had unwittingly unleashed it upon an unsuspecting audience. The theater, once filled with laughter and applause now bore witness to the chilling nightmares of those who had been there. And as I stared at the broken puppet on the stage, I couldn't shake the feeling that in the spotlight was where I wanted to be. That puppet did something to me. The depths of how deeply it damaged me are yet to be revealed. But I can feel it in my gut. It's bad. Have you ever seen a puppet or puppeteer show live? Did you believe that the ventriloquist was in charge? Or did you suspect the puppet might have a life of its own?
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: sometimes even though you have good intentions they might backfire and come back to haunt you like in this story inspired by jeff in late june 1932 the thomas family moved into their new home an old three-story house surrounded by lots of trees it had been abandoned for some time and after lots of travel The Thomas family were looking forward to making it their new home. Barb and her little brother, Daniel, didn't like how run down it looked. The paint was peeling and the windows were dirty. Mrs. Thomas, though, liked the nature around it. When they opened the front door, the inside was a mess. Dust was everywhere. Furniture was flipped over. And there was even a rat. Barb thought there might be a dark history to the place but her parents said it just needed some fixing up. They started redecorating, making the old house look better. While Barb was checking out her room, she found a creepy clown doll hidden among trash bags. It had a scary smile and weird eyes. Barb showed it to Daniel, and he said they should hide it away. After a couple of weeks, the house looked much nicer, but Barb freaked out when they found more creepy dolls in the basement, a sad baby doll, and a bear with sharp teeth. Barb didn't like it, but her parents said they'd deal with it when they fixed up the basement. One day, Barb's parents took Daniel to the doctor for a full day trip into the city, leaving her alone at home. The doorbell rang, and she spied a delivery man outside. She watched him peeking through the curtain but pretended not to be home. When he left, she ran to grab the package Halfway through tearing it apart, she realized it wasn't for her family. It must have been for the people who lived there before them. It was a beautiful old wooden box. When she opened it, she found a perfect-looking porcelain doll inside with yellow eyes that looked like they were peering into her soul. The note said they were special. They were certainly different. Unlike any doll she had ever seen or any doll she thought any girl would want, the doll gave her the creeps. She knew they weren't regular toys. It felt like the house had a scary secret, something more than just being old and abandoned. And on top of that, she felt like it was conspiring against her. Barb couldn't shake off the unease that clung to the house. With each passing moment, the dolls seemed to cast a shadow over the once promising refuge. As the night settled in, The atmosphere inside the old three-story house grew heavy with an inexplicable tension, all made worse because Barb's family hasn't returned home yet. Alone in the dimly lit living room, Barb hesitated between the need to explore the mystery further and the instinct to flee into the woods from the unsettling dolls. The silence in the house was broken only by the occasional creaking of floorboards adding to the feeling that something else was there, watching her. Knowing she had to do something besides sit in fear all evening, Barb decided to investigate the history of the house. She rummaged through old papers left by the previous owners, hoping to find a clue about the dolls and the strange note and why the house was abandoned in the first place. The papers revealed snippets of the past, tales of families who had come and gone But nothing seemed to explain the sinister dolls or the energy that lingered within the walls. Finally, she stumbled upon a faded photograph tucked away in the corner of a box in the basement. The image depicted a group of people from decades ago happily posing in front of the same house. Barb squinted at the photograph realizing that one of the individuals in the picture had a striking resemblance to the delivery man who had dropped off the mysterious package earlier that day. A chill ran down Barb's spine as she tried to connect the dots. Could the delivery man be somehow linked to the unsettling dolls and the strange history of the house? Before she could dwell on it any further, a faint sound echoed from the upper floors. It was a soft, haunting melody, like a music box playing a tune from the past. She cautiously climbed the creaky staircase, following the melody. As she approached the top floor, the air grew colder, and the dim light flickered. To her astonishment, Barb discovered a small, hidden room tucked away behind a faded tapestry. It was just clutter and junk like the rest of the house. The room seemed frozen in time, adored with dusty furniture draped in white sheets. At its center stood a weathered, antique music box, its delicate notes creating an unsettling harmony with the dolls scattered across the room. As Barb observed the scene, the doll's yellow eyes seemed to follow her every move. It was then that she realized the dolls weren't just lifeless playthings. They held a dark, supernatural energy that connected them to the house. Suddenly, the temperature in the room plummeted, and the doll's eyes glowed with intensity. The haunting melody from the music box reached a crescendo, sending shivers down Barb's spine. She felt a presence, a force from the past that sought acknowledgement and release. In that surreal moment, Barb understood that they weren't just dolls. They were vessels for the restless spirits trapped within them. The note from the package hinted at their uniqueness but it failed to convey the why. Barb vowed to free the spirits and put an end to the haunting. As she reached out to the antique music box, the doll's eyes flickered, and the room vibrated with an otherworldly energy. The melody softened, transforming into a melodic farewell. And then Barb woke up. She looked around, but she couldn't move, and everything had a yellow tint to it. She tried to rub her eyes, but she couldn't manage to move her hands. She heard her mother's voice and tried to scream, but couldn't. She began hyperventilating, and she couldn't breathe, but nothing changed. Finally, she began to calm her breath and listened. Her parents were talking, and how they couldn't find her, she was missing. That's when Barb realized she was staring up at the ceiling in the kitchen exactly where she left the creepy dolls in the box. She didn't free the other tormented souls from their doll cages. She joined them. Have you ever had a doll that creeped you out? One you knew wasn't just plastic? Did you have a supernatural encounter with it? If so, tell us your story by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz. Narration by Blair Bathory. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled.
0: Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move.